Garage Logic Podcast number 37. Okay. November 2nd, 2018. It was nine degrees on this day in 1951 and 72 degrees on the Common Surface Savings and Loan Bank in downtown Garage Logic. 72 degrees in 1978. Sounds good. This is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Yeah, stores. go drop off your lawnmower there. Get it tuned up. You won't be wasting time in your garage. Pick it up in the spring. Boom, you're good to go. Will they store it for you? Yes. They'll tune it up, store it, you know, for a price, and then you're good to go. Good. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Want to start with the good news? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a good news guy. I always I, start with the bad news. I don't, I don't see how you could look at this any other way, but this being good news. Employers in the United States added 250,000 jobs in October and boosted average pay by the most in nearly a decade in an effort to attract and keep workers. That's good news. The Labor Department's monthly jobs report, the last major economic data before the November 6th election, also shows the unemployment rate remained at a five-decade low of 3.7%. Hmm. There's no excuse for not having a job right now. A five-decade low. Yep. Stress that, because that's big. Isn't that good news? Yes. Yeah, Kenny, there's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? The influx of new job seekers lifted the proportion <laughs> of Americans with jobs uh, to the highest level since January of 2009. Consumers are the most confident they have been in 18 years and are spending freely and propelling brisk economic growth. The U.S. economy is in its 10th year of expansion, the second longest such period on record, and October marks the 100th straight month of hiring, a record streak. Uh, you know what? Let's. Uh, this let's... is why the Democrats are so struggling to come up with a platform. The only thing they've got is, I hate Trump. Right. They that... don't have a bad economy to complain about. Right. That's like a, a one-song bird note. You know, they're singing the one song only. How does that go? It's a one-note song. No. One-trick pony. Last one night, uh, I didn't watch any of it, but I was reading about it. Uh, there was no reason to watch Oakland and San Francisco play. Oh, my God, no. They had a combined two victories going into last night's game. Uh, but last night, the uh, one of the San Francisco cheerleaders mm-hmm. took the knee yep. during the anthem. So you got that I missed that. Yeah. I did not see that live. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Now, I said that was the good news. Now the bad news. Oh. Come on. It's Friday, and uh, it's uh, Friday, November 2nd. This is from a website called Breaking is Israel News. Hmm. A snake wriggling out from between the stones of the Western Wall in search of a meal brought with it a message straight from Jewish mystical teachings connecting the archetypal enemy of man with the high priest in the temple and also perhaps serving as a harbinger of the Messiah. We got a snake crawling out of the wall, and this isn't good. We Why have, are, do we have serpents crawling? It is it in, in this story. It is called It is not a serpent. Is it really? No. Yes. Yeah. Biblical times, we had a, serp, a serpent, and uh, they were uh, 
Why don't I read this? Yes, sir. Oswald. Uh, Pat today, right? I forgot to text him. I'm going to well, do you that get right on now. That's right. He kind of knows. I got to have Pat. He knows the I will drill. Be back got to have Pat. Serpent venom. A snake wriggling out from. Yeah, I said that. Women who went to the Western Wall on Wednesday were shocked to see a snake crawling out from between the ancient sto- stones. The coin snake, common to the region, is not venomous. But it is similar in appearance to the deadly viper also found in Israel. The snake was probably seeking a meal of pigeons or eggs, but it brought with it a powerful message. A Hebrew language blogger quoted by Ynet News noted the serpent made its Jerusalem appearance during a hotly contested mayoral election, connecting it to the destruction of the Second Temple. Yes. The snake appeared during uh, this time of dispute and divisiveness at the site of the temple, which was destroyed because of widespread hatred and divisiveness. Divisiveness. Another commentator saw a connection between the reptilian appearance and current events, referring to a recent head-on automobile accident near the Dead Sea that killed a family of eight in the horrific murder of 11 Jews in a Pittsburgh synagogue last week. How symbolic that this snake should appear at the place that is at the heart of the Jewish people, where so many Jews were killed at a time when Jews are still being killed. We have received a symbolic warning from these stones. Wow. Uh-huh. Pointing to the pigeon that fled the snake in the video, uh, Saad 1820, a Hebrew language Kabbalah site called Midrash, Israel is compared to a pigeon or dove noted for the faithfulness in having a single partner in its lifetime, such as Israel, faithful to Hashem, God, literally, uh, even in times of danger. We are truly in the dangerous times that directly precede Messiah, the article in Saad 1820 read, just as the pigeon is safe so long as it seeks shelter among the stones of the Temple Mount, the Jews are protected by the Torah commandments. When the pigeon comes out from the stones or the Jews move away from the Torah, they are in danger. The site also claimed the appearance of a snake coming out of the stones of the Temple Mount could be seen as an auspicious sign. In Gematria, Hebrew numerology, snake equals 358, the same as words I can't pronounce. Uh, the Zohar explained that the evil in- inclination personified by the snake in Eden will make a resurgence in the days before the Messiah, tempted to come and drink sustenance from the enormous levels of holiness that will appear in the world in the end of days. <sighs> Didn't we have, wasn't there something similar a couple of weeks ago? Uh, another sign, another imminent sign of the end of uh, times? Yeah, it's not, I can't come to mind right now. It was... According to Jewish tradition, the curse of Eve, represented by menstrual blood and labor pains, will be canceled out in the messianic era. Before the Messiah, God will kill the archetypal snake, removing the curse of Eve. Uh, Okay. It does seem like the Temple Mount is trying to speak to the Jewish people. About four months ago, a large piece of one of the stones weighing several hundred pounds suddenly fell. Was that the one? Yes. Barely missing one of the women who came to pray at dawn. Another sign appeared on Hoshana Rabbah, the last day of Sukkot, when a large cloud of mist began billowing up from the ground inside the Temple Mount compound surrounding the Dome of the Rock for several minutes. Okay, what the hell? What's going on here, folks? There is something going on. There's... This isn't the Daily Star reporting no, this. This is uh, right. This is breaking Israel news, latest news in bi- from the biblical biblical perspective. And I'm looking at a picture of the snake, or uh, 
serpent. So is this break glass smoke luckies? I think so. You're, I think you took one step. It's Captain May I uh, take a step. You just took a big step toward yes. I personally do not know any rabbis. Uh, Rabbi Moshe, um, he is in, right here in St. Paul. He's the, one of the most uh, longest tenured rabbis, and I've, I've met him several times. Right. He's right here in Highland Park. He's a great guy. But I don't know, uh, you know, maybe we could, you know, give him a buzz. Or... I would like you to. <clears throat> Why is the phone ringing? I believe the rabbi's on line 10. Yes, sir. Hello, uh, Joe. This is not this. This is not the rabbi. This is uh, this is Saul. Saul calling from uh, from parts unknown, as we would say. But I, I had one small, uh, a very quick story of um, of my time in uh, in Israel, right. if, uh, if I may. Right. Is it respectful? Yes, of course. Yeah. But it well and somewhat uh, somewhat humorous as uh, but it is, is it is not distasteful. All right. I was um, I was uh, with uh, uh, friends as we went over to um, to Israel just to uh, see things. Uh, some of my New York friends wanted to uh, to just have a pilgrimage. This is a long story. No, it's not quite. But as we as we sat, and I, I can attest to this 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 serpent. But we we sat uh, on the uh, the balcony of our hotel room, and we could see the wall uh, from afar. As we sat, and I think I was drinking um, um, Hebrew, and uh, and Maury a little heftier. He was drinking Israel Light uh, as his beer. But as we stared and watched the people at the wall, there was a small serpent right. that that came. And we decided we would take the, the walk, the short walk down to the wall. And as we approached the wall, I was looking through a little, uh, a little crevice as a small a baby, a baby serpent, uh, came out to greet me. And it did give me a just a little bite, nothing venomous, but a bite on the finger. Yeah. And I had a terrible, I had a terrible midrash. A what? A midrash. What's a midrash? Well, you just referred to it in your story, something about midrash, and and I did not know if there was more of a uh, a medicinal uh, 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 way to solve it. Oh yeah, midrash. Midrash. Well, would you solve this with uh, unguent or uh, some kind of um, how? Uh, what do you say? Ointment. Ointment. Mm-hmm. Yes, ointment or uh, unguent. Is that it? This, this, yeah, I was. I'm at the wall. I'm at the wall. I see a serpent. I was bitten by a serpent. Yeah. A small, small serpent. Been a terrible midrash. It ruined the rest of the. Uh, this is all I could focus on. But I think what we could do in Jerusalem is build a new wall. That seems to be a trend. Well, if this one is falling apart, it's not. A, it's a not big new one. It's I not mean, falling apart. It's construction. It's the most significant wall in the, the world. The, it's, yes, but this is uh, it's full of papers and, and no, significant it's, prayers. It's wonderful. It's falling apart. It's, it's serpents. Wonderful. Let us build a new prayer wall. All right. Thank this you, Saul. Is the word from your friend, Saul. Thank you, Saul. Yeah. All right. I don't no. think that's the right uh, idea. Let's not build a new wall. That one has some history behind it. 
Now, if I get the real rabbi on, people will not think I'm doing. People will think it's a bit. No, they'll know the rabbi. Rabbis don't. Uh, a rabbi would not waste time telling you a silly story like Saul would. Yeah, silly. He would. He would cut right to the chase and say, uh, "It could be." You know, I, my guess what a rabbi would always be is tell you: always be on guard, be on your best behavior. No, not the hour. No, I I couldn't agree more. Well, I, I bet that's the advice. And if you see a serpent, the rabbi's going to say, stay away from it. So you don't get midrash. There's right. too many of these uh, end, of the t- end of the world signs coming. I mean, when a serpent comes out of the Western Wall, that, it's, in all seriousness. And it's been kind of predicted? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. <clears throat> what do you do? There's nothing you can do. Uh, I don't want to go to Europe again, but oddly enough, oh. I, I want to go to Jerusalem. I, I want to go to Israel. Uh, boy, I'm not kidding. I really want to. My wife said she has... Her reservations, mm-hmm. but I think that would be a truly a neat place no, to go. No, you, you're, you, you'll be safer there than probably anywhere in the world. Where are her reservations? Uh, Holman's table tonight at about five thirty. Um, but no, you have to go through uh, at least six checkpoints to get through security uh, in the Israeli airport. You do? There's great. Yeah, there's wow. great. There's great tours led by local priests here, for example. I'm, I really need to go there. I want to go to Israel. John Malone, for example. Yep. He leads a great tour to Israel. You know John? Don't yes, you? of yeah. course I do. America's guest. <laughs> <laughs> I broke great bread many a great times guy. with him and when, when he wasn't picking up the check. Right. Say, uh, my pillow inventor and founder, Mike Lindell, mm-hmm. he's come up with another great new product, the My Pillow Mattress Topper. It's made up of three unique layers. It rejuvenates your bed is what it does. You don't have to spend a couple of grand for a new mattress. Try the MyPillow mattress topper. It provides comfort, distributes your body weight, uh, controls your body temperature. Uh, It's fantastic. It's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, seven sizes from Twin to Cal King. And Mike has got a great offer for GL podcast listeners now through December 31st. You can save 30% on any size MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows when you enter the promotional code GL at checkout. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the mattress topper button on the homepage, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout. I noted today the Star Tribune is refusing to endorse a candidate in the uh, Attorney General's race. Allison or Wardlow? They will, uh, they will endorse neither. They find them both to be significantly flawed. And today in the Pioneer Press was quite a piece on Allison and his past associations. Is that a ray of hope? Uh, it's not a ray of hope so much as, uh, yeah, I guess it is a ray of hope. Uh, they, they had to over, I mean, Ellison fits their agenda. That's so, what I, that's what I was. So perfectly that it's amazing that they can't bring themselves to find a way to endorse him, but they did the right thing. I think by just, sit, uh, we're going to stay out of that race. We're going to sit this play out. We're going to sit this race out. Uh, but today the Pioneer Press had an extraordinary story reviewing the associations, uh, that Ellison has made with questionable people over the years. Uh, including Louis Farrakhan. Right, that's probably the big name. Uh, Ellison has supported Farrakhan in the past and met with him in recent years. 
despite his denials that he had done so. Part of the accusation is guilt by association. Part of its implication that Ellison is anti-Semitic because Farrakhan is. And part of it is a question about Ellison's credibility since he wasn't forthcoming about every time he and Farrakhan crossed paths in mm. recent years. This is a bold piece for the Pioneer Press to write. Who wrote this? Dave Warwick? Yep. Uh, his past association with the Nation of Islam leader, his past association with gang leader Sharif Willis. I had forgotten about that one. Right. His past statements on domestic terrorist Sarah Jane Olson. I had forgotten that too. Our little he, terrorist. He was in our little terrorist camp. His past statements on convicted cop killer Asada Shakur and a suggestion that Ellison, who was Muslim, would somehow impose Sharia law. Uh, Ellison and his supporters see it as a campaign of smears. Uh, that appears to be a fair assessment when it comes to the Sharia notion, an incessant whisper campaign so questionable and with such little evidence to support it that no Republican organization with a public profile, including the Wardlow campaign, has touched it, although Wardlow's wife has shared the notion more than once on social media. Uh, just this week, Wardlow's campaign released two videos, one on Olson and another on Willis. Wardlow's campaign, as well as other Republicans, often criticize the mainstream media for not reporting on these topics of Ellison's past. Uh, Ellison has supported Farrakhan, but he's, he claims he's renounced him. As a law student, he public def publicly defended Farrakhan, and Ellis attended the 1995 Million Man March, which Farrakhan organized. Ellison has said he was drawn to Farrakhan's message of black empowerment. Uh, then he claims in 06 he denounced him, but I was reading today that he has met with him as recently as 2013. Wow. Oh, that was from a letter to the editor. I don't know if the facts were okay. straight. The, the fellow who wrote, wrote it seemed to know what he was talking about. Uh, the accusation that Ellison uh, has worked alongside and, de and defended in court Sharif Willis, a convicted murderer and former gan gang leader who was implicated in the 1992 killing of Minneapolis police officer Jerry Hoff. Uh, the factual basis for the accusation is true. Willis has, was a longtime leader of the Vice Lords, a criminal gang. After he was released from prison for a 1982 murder, he became president of United for Peace, a group that presented itself as a bridge between gang violence police and Minneapolis's African-American community. Police were always skeptical of that group. Uh, after Hoff was killed, but before anyone was charged, Ellison, then a criminal defense attorney, spoke at a rally Sharif Willis organized. All right. Four men were convicted of Hoff's killing, which was determined to be a gang hit. All were vice lords. On Wednesday, when the Pioneer Press questioned him, Ellison emphasized this fact. He was never charged in that case, and I never represented any defendants in that case. That's a fact. That's true, but Ellison was Sharif Willis' attorney three years later when Willis was arrested and convicted for possession of cocaine and firearms after police said he held a dozen people at gunpoint in a North Minneapolis gas station. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Sarah Jane Olson. The accusation is that Ellison stood with Olson, a.k.a. Kathleen Ann Salia, a convicted Salia, 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 a convicted domestic terrorist who targeted police. Uh, Salia was a left-wing radical in the 70s, affiliated with the Symbionese Liberation Army, of course, best known for kidnapping newspaper heiress Patty Hirsch. She was accused of planning two pipe bombs targeting Los Angeles police, including one placed under a squad car, those did not explode. She moved to St. Paul, took the Olson alias, married, and lived a normal, if not upstanding, life. She eluded authorities until 1999 when her identity was discovered and she was arrested. She eventually was convicted of planting explosives with intent to kill, as well as for her involvement in a bank robbery where a pregnant woman was killed. 
Olson's prosecution was muddied when she pleaded guilty to various offenses but then maintained her innocence. She became a polarizing figure locally as some of her friends rallied for her defense. For a brief period at that time, Allison emerged as an Olson supporter who questioned whether she was being tried for her political beliefs rather than her actions. Hmm. Keith is, uh, has consumed a lot of Kool-Aid, hasn't he? I'll say he's kind of all over the map, or has been all over the map during his career, I would say. I believe in innocent until proven guilty, Ellison told the Star Tribune in September. It just seemed to me that Sarah Jane Olson, she might be being held accountable for her political ideas from the 60s. No, no, she was in on a murder and mm-hmm. a couple of planted pipe bombs. I don't want this guy as attorney general. Uh, I don't either. I don't care. I'm not voting for him. Uh, it's been accused, or, or Ellison has been accused of siding with domestic terrorist and cop killer Asada Shakur, a uh, member of the radical Black Liberation Army of the 60s. Shakur, a.k.a. Joanne Chesimard, was convicted of first-degree murder, attempted murder, and other charges for involvement in a 1973 shootout with New Jersey State Troopers. Technically, the jury did not have to find she actually fired a fatal shot, although one officer involved testified he saw her wound one of the officers who survived. She escaped from prison in 1979 and fled to Cuba, where she was granted political asylum and remains today. She's become somewhat of a cause celeb with some who see her as being persecuted for her political views. Hmm. No, it's not a political view to shoot a cop. Right. That's a criminal act. Right. God almighty. Uh, Allison's connection stems from part of a speech he gave in 06 that was reported by the Star Tribune, which quoted him as saying, I am praying that Castro does not get to the point where he has to really barter with these guys over here because they're going to get Asada Shakur. They're going to get a whole lot of other people. I hope the Cuban people can stick to it because the freedom of some good, decent people depends on it. I don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, Sharia law. The accusation. Ellison wants to impose Sharia law or has failed to renounce Sharia. That refers to the divine law of Islam. Like Christian theology, its interpretations vary, but Sharia is often criticized for its views on human rights, especially the rights of women. There is no evidence that Ellison wants any such thing, and when asked directly to compare Sharia with the Constitution, he said the Constitution is the bedrock of American law. Uh, Furthermore, Ellison's support of gay rights would contradict the implication that Ellison subscribes to a fundamentalist interpretation of Sharia. Nonetheless, the notion persists. During the past week, Wardlow's wife, Jenny Wardlow, retweeted and liked several tweets that made such claims about Ellison. The retweets and retweets and likes were online Thursday afternoon when the Pioneer Press asked the Wardlow campaign to campaign on them. I'm sorry, asked the Wardlow campaign to comment on them. Within a few hours, Jenny Wardlow's Twitter feed had been thoroughly scrubbed, and many, if not all, of the retweets and likes were no longer visible. When offered a chance to comment on Jenny Wardlow's Twitter activity, campaign spokesman Billy Grant said the role of the attorney general is to enforce Minnesota's laws and protect and defend the people of this state. So it sounds like Wardlow's people are backing off the Sharia law belief. Well, it would be pretty difficult to implement Sharia law, so I don't know how far Representative Ellison wants has, has pushed this. Not defending him, but uh, I think that we'd have some major pushback here before that happened. Yes, <laughs> I was talking to a guy yesterday who happened to be in a room where uh, Ellison came in. Okay. Uh, apparently in the company of two 
large fellows uh, that the guy I was talking to assumed maybe were his bodyguards. Right. I don't, security, sure. Why would an attorney general uh, on a campaign trail need bodyguards in Minnesota? I think that's, I don't think that's You know necessary. perfectly well why. I really don't. I'm, I'm not, I don't intend to cause any harm uh, to Keith Ellison if I saw him. Do I? I saw him um, being interviewed or att- attempted to be asked questions by what I'm assuming is was media, whether it was a newspaper uh, person, whatever. And they were basically there to, to, to keep them away. To shoo them away. To keep them away from oh. Ellison. Well, anyway, the guy I was talking to, the minute he saw Ellison enter the room, uh, the TV happened to be on CNN. This guy immediately turned it to Fox. Then he went to his car and got his Make America Great hat again. <laughs> and wore it. Today, hey, how you doing? And he, said, Allison, he said, Allison didn't say anything, but really gave him the stink eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it was cheap That's enter- just a little needling. You know what it was? Cheap entertainment. Needling. Cheap entertainment. Yes. Yeah. And nothing the security detail could do about that. Uh, Wardlow, uh, has his own baggage, which of course, uh, is the, uh, uh, the alleged treatment of classmates at Egan high school. Uh, yes. And that's other than a couple other guys saying, yes, I was there when he did it. There's real, no concrete evidence of it. And I don't know how much water that holds. Currently the polls show Ellison back in the lead by four points. With 10% undecided? I think so. Or close to? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Noah Opinion. (laughs) What's your name? I Noah Opinion. Isn't it amazing, though, that uh, seemingly more and more candidates cannot pass a character test? Yep. your, Your character, given... The means by which people's lives can be examined. Mm-hmm. It will always be possible to find some defining moment in a candidate's life where they fail miserably to pass any character test. Well, and that's that's the question: is how much dead weight should that be? Should that be pulling you beneath the surface and, and kicking you well, out of the it, race? It's worse than that. What it's resulting in, I think, are more and more uninteresting people running for office. Mm-hmm. And people, we, we had this discussion the other day. I don't find Keith Ellison or Wardlow very interesting. I particularly don't find Ellison interesting at all. But what good candidate that could make a difference is going to want to subject themselves to what we're seeing? Nobody. Yeah, and, and in the attorney general's uh, uh, situation, all you really need is a good lawyer who is going to protect the consumer laws of the state of Minnesota. Yep. Hey, we're going after that uh, uh, that water place because they've been and ripping sometimes, off customers. Well, I remember sometimes they uh, they do it to, to ridiculous lengths. Uh, you know, a hobby store uh, running water outside or something. They right. crack down on them. I can't remember exactly the one I'm thinking about. But my point is uh, these offices are now seen by people as always gateways to something else. It, it gets back to the question of, are you running to be useful or are you running to be helpful? Are you running to be helpful and useful or are you running to be important? I mean, most of us could easily get through our lives without knowing who the attorney general is of Minnesota. Uh, yes. 
And, and that would be, uh, I mean, isn't that a, isn't that a, a good attorney general just keeps doing their job? Yeah, but now the cat's out of the bag. They all have to have the press conferences, show what they did. Well, there's not a doubt in my mind uh, that both these candidates would highly politicize the office. Uh, yes, both sides, I would agree. Wardlow's accused of uh, politicizing it by uh, claiming uh, that he'd get rid of the Democratic uh, attorneys, the DFL attorneys in the office. Well, I guarantee you, if it was full of Republican attorneys and Ellison one, do you think he's keeping them? He's going to clean house. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's look. What's the... So few candidates for any office can pass a character test. Mm hmm. There's always going to be a flaw that can be found. Or there's all there always will be something to be found that will be considered a flaw by your uh by your enemies. Especially considering the fact that there's no limit to the length we can go back. You know, we're talking about high school activity. It's going to go back even farther. Further? Farther, farther is distance, further, further is in addition to. Thank you. So it'll go back farther. Okay, so for the last as we all well, well tweet know. tweets only go back ten years. Sure, right. but that, that, was, that was a that was an uh, invention of about two thousand eight. But I guess what I'm saying is, what's to stop some middle school classmate now? Oh, I know from coming sure. out and saying, "Well, this guy or that gal said this about he me." He wore blackface in Halloween yep. in fifth grade. Yep. The last Republican in office was Doug Heed from nineteen sixty seven. Had 67 to 71. Mm -hmm. And then it's been Warren Spanis, Hubert H. Humphrey, the skip, Mike Hatch, and Lori Swanson. So what's, what's the congressional district that Ellison is abandoning? Is that the fourth? Uh, yes. I believe so. Look up the last time a Republican represented the fourth congressional district in Minneapolis. That shouldn't take either one of you very long. Fourth. When's the last time a Republican represented the 4th Congressional District in Minneapolis? Okay. Got the list. Minnesota's 4th Congressional List. Uh, okay, let me go to the bottom here. It's not the 4th. It's got to be the 2nd. Yeah, because that's Ramsey County. Oh, 4th is Betty McConnell. Yeah, right. I'm right. sorry. Right. It's 2nd, right? This is the one Ilan Omar is going to win. Right. In a landslide. But Betty's been there a long time, too. Holy cow. Who, Betty? Oh, yeah. Betty's a permanent fixture. 2000. Yeah. Wowzers. Uh, second. Here Never we go. seen her, by the way. Never, what? Never seen her in public. Which is a, an acknowledgement that, obviously, we probably wouldn't run into each other because we would travel in different circles. You think so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really, guys, it shouldn't take you this long to give me a simple answer, a simple question. Second. It's, now it's the fifth. Here we go. Well, yeah, because the second is Lewis. I'm it's the here. fifth district. I'm out of here. No. It's the fifth I'm district. I'm out of here. I got it. <laughs> Newt Nelson was the first. All right, Walter Judd, a physician by trade, by the way. Yep. Was the last Republican to represent the? It's the fifth congressional district. Yes, in Minneapolis, nineteen forty-two to nineteen sixty-three. Twenty years. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, you that was very heavy Republican. Mm -hmm. 
And I know the, the parties had kind of switched their ideals, you know, early on in the 30s, 40s, and even the 50s. But then after that, it was uh, Donald Frazier from 63 to 79, uh, Martin Olaf Sable from 79 to 2007. Right. And then 2007 to present, uh, Representative Ellison. Wouldn't it be reasonable for the people? That's basically North Minneapolis, yep. right? Yes. Wouldn't it be reasonable for people of North Minneapolis to say, are, are we better off now after a, a right. run by Frazier, Sabo, Ellison? When did Frazier uh, uh, serve? Frazier was, go ahead. I was going to say 63 to 79. Was Frazier? Yes. Okay. Are, are we better off here uh, than we were uh, prior to... Uh, 1963? Boy, I'll say. You think so? No, God, no. Well, no. But the, uh, and the Republican candidate is Jennifer, help me. Uh, Polish, uh, Zelensky. Zelensky. And I think the politics of identity are so ingrained now on the North side that Ilan, Ilan, Ilhan Omar. Omar is a shoe in. You got to ask yourself why. And, and, and what new ideas is she going to bring to the table to the people of North Minneapolis that, okay, maybe need some help, maybe need some guidance, and need some efficiency, not just money thrown at uh, uh Has the behavior playground. of people improved over the years the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings? No. I'm trying to be careful here because I'm not. I don't want to erase any freedoms that that have sure. become enshrined. But it's the the narrative that's going along with this particular race between Omar and Zelensky. Is it's we almost owe it to Omar. I don't. Owe, we don't owe her but, a damn thing. I agree. But what I'm saying is that that's the that's almost the viewpoint right. of of the populace. Well, because she fits the template oh. of the Mysterian agenda. And Female. if you disagree with that, you're you're automatically assumed to be racist, which is just laughable. Well, because the word doesn't mean anything anymore. You, you people of North Minneapolis, you don't owe her a damn thing. You didn't, but she so perfectly fits. Oh yeah, the agenda, the, the template, an the attractive agenda. female Muslim, uh, glib. Uh, we got it all here in the Minnesota. It's just uh, extraordinary to me that she's going to win by 80%. Oh, it won't and, even be And close. then do what? Let's hold her feet to the fire. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you just going and doing speeches and doing blah, blah, blah? Who's going to hold her feet to the fire? Right. But we are. Who's going to be we, the— To start, we are. The Garage Logic Podcast. The Garage Logic Podcast. Are gonna, we're going to check in with her every week. What have you done? Come on, she, let's she's go. She's not going to talk to us. Okay, that's— that. Then that's another reason that people should be upset. The Mysterians are creating a world in which they can they don't have to uh, uh, be answerable to anyone except fellow Mysterians. Thus, the club telling them what they're going to say. They can't they can't be independent thinkers. Then people in North Minneapolis, the, many the, of whom are probably not listening to this podcast. You think? Mm, true, but there's a couple of moles. I know that, yeah. and they should spread the word at their neighborhood block parties that. You know, and it's just, uh, here, okay, the, here's the trap. When they do, they are called out as, as selling out. 
You're selling yeah, out. Yeah, but the, but that that's because they're not looking at the larger question. How has your life been improved over a succession of leftists as your congressional representative? I wish we had garage doors that were open with picnic tables inside where people were asking that question. It's really a shame, too, because that part of Minneapolis used to be a really great part of the city. Yeah, and now— uh, And it's just—it's uh, so undesirable. And I, I have friends that live in that part of the metro, and I feel terrible for them. I do. Well, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings— mm-hmm the more likely you are to be led by Mysterians who should quit trying to do people of ethnicity any favors. Right. I've said to my black friends, my the parents who are black, mm-hmm. well, of course, the ones I know, they're, they're already, they're ahead of the curve. Right. But what I, what I would dearly love to tell black parents is, are, are you kidding me? The, the left has not done you any favors. None. Kept, Zero. Kept you at bay. Zero. And it, and, and I'm irate at the behavior of the failed academy when it comes to the disciplining of mm-hmm. minority children. You are telling those children they are less than. You are disingenuous. You are wrong. Uh, you got to quit trying to do people of color favors because it hasn't worked. Somebody show me where it's worked. It hasn't. Nowhere. Zero places it's worked. But we got more, right? You got any good news? Nope. <laughs> you started with some good news, and then it went all bleak on me. And, you know, this podcast on this Friday, November 2nd, we need some uplifting news. Have you got that next time when we return? Uh, some? Yeah. Not really. Oh, <laughs> you got to spin it. No, you got to spin it for us. Yeah, no. No, we got to visit this uh, the case of the East Ridge High School football player. All right, Garage Logic, the podcast version, will return. Check it out. Don't forget to uh, rate us at Apple iTunes, 1 to 5. GarageLogic.com has got some great features for you. Author's Corner and some of the latest from Greg Holcomb and the Garage Logic cartoon. We'll see you. We'll be back very soon. Don't forget to hit play. Or as Joe Namath would say, play. Play.